0: Hello, Tim Ringold. Welcome to the Recovering Entrepreneur Show. How are you this evening?
1: It is great to be with you, Bobby. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, I'm very excited to have you back. Uh, my audience may or may not know that you were kind enough to bless me with your presence and insight on 321 as well. Um, I will kick us off by being very honest with the audience. Uh, you and I just had a little bit of a powwow before press and record. It's we're recording this on January sixth, and there's been a lot going on today. And um, you know, Tim, I appreciate you being here, even though it was a very impactful day for you. And if you don't mind, kind of kicking us off with where you're at. I love that you're what you're about to share, and the point that as entrepreneurs, there's days like this. And uh, yeah, the, f- the floor is yours, my friend.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, hey, everybody. Uh, by now, uh, I guess, you know, a couple of weeks have, have gone by. You know where you were on January 6th. And, um, you know, each one of us has different a different uh, distance from the political arena. Some of us are in the arena. Some of us are front row ticket holders. Some of us are upper deck ticket holders, some of us are 10 miles away from that arena. Um, but there are certain kind of seismic moments that even if you're not in the arena, you hear about it and you experience it. And uh, And today, uh, the day we're taping was one of those days when um, I had a great coaching call with one of my clients this morning. And I got off the call in a great mood. It was like, oh, that was so good. We did such cool work today, and then I I saw on my Facebook feed um, the results of the Georgia runoff, and was like, "Oh, today was a really important day uh, for the Senate races there." And then I was like, "Oh, and today's the day that they're going to certify the Electoral College votes. That's a really big day in the political process." And since you're only hearing my voice, uh, everybody, I am a white male, uh, raised Catholic, barely Christian American middle-aged cisgender straight guy. So I sit at the, just the top of the privilege, um, you know, ladder. And, uh, so I don't have to tune in too much things. I'm going to be honest with you. Things usually just in that arena kind of go my way. Um, So I, but I tuned in today and I was listening to some really inspiring orations, like really inspiring some senators, uh, from both sides of the aisle, really a lot of credit to both of them. And then suddenly while I was watching the feed went dead and the camera cut to a street shot of, you know, people marching. And I was like, ah, come on, let's. Let's go back. That was really great. Let's go back and and listen to these these uh, arguments, these debates, because that's democracy is in the debate. That's you know it, that's 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 where it's at. Let's hash this out on the floor. You know these guys battling it out. That's that's where it takes place. That's the arena. And then I watched in real time. I don't know what to call them, protesters. I mean, people get triggered by different words if I use them, so I'll, I'll try to be as uh, you know neutral as i can to keep everybody you know aligned because i don't know as you're listening to this what side of the aisle you're on but i watched the marchers break through the barricades climb literally climb the walls um and break in uh to the capitol united states capitol building and and then i watched them walking through the rotunda and then i saw them break into the senate chamber and and these are like kind of like we were talking about this beforehand just kind of like sacred agreements that we have in our in our country where we there, there's just certain stuff you just don't mess with it's kind of like there's a level of respect and, and that I thought we had you know um and today was a day where a very a, a piece of political safety for me was broken um a piece of political attachment was broken and what i mean by that is in the United States, we, we we all prosper based on an agreement we're, that we're all gonna follow a rule of law, we're all gonna stop at red lights. And 98% of the time, everybody does. And, you know, And then we have a rule of law for those who don't. And we have this agreement and people, for the most part, with the tens and tens and tens and tens of millions of Americans, we all do our part, right? We don't rob, we don't steal, we don't murder, despite what the news says. The United States is in one of the lowest periods of violent crime in its history. We live by these agreements. And one of those agreements is that there's this peaceful transfer of power every four years. And today, a very big piece of that machine got interrupted in the most primal, like old, old way, which was mob rule. And that was scary because that was something growing up, you saw it happen. And even a couple of years ago when the uh, Israeli, not the Israeli, but the Arab Spring, um, you see it happening elsewhere. You don't see it happening in our own capital. And today I watched it happening in our own capital and it broke my heart Um, and it scared me um, because I'm very uncertain I was already uncertain. I mean, we're living in a pandemic, so as entrepreneurs, we kind of thrive on uncertainty, I would say. Um, I think that uh, Tony Robbins does a great job talking about the six human needs, and two of, the, and two of them are certainty and uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing is that people value those needs differently. So some people value certainty more than others. I would submit that those are people who take like employee full-time employee with benefit jobs. They like the certainty of that. And then there's this subset of us entrepreneurs who like the uncertainty.
0: Well, you're talking to a gambling addict, Tim. (laughs) Yeah, I guess, I guess I'm in the uncertainty bucket. Uh, I want to tell you something too. I want to, I want to hear more, but um, I just want to make sure that I was clear with you. We're on camera for YouTube. So you mentioned just your voice. Oh, very good. Thank you. Yes, but everybody gets to see the handsome face of yours. I just want to, there you go. Okay. Okay. I just wanted to give you that. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Okay. I'm sorry I interrupted. You were on. No, that's
1: an important point because the odds of me picking my nose just went down a lot.
0: Okay. Very good.
1: (laughs) can't guarantee that I I wasn't going to pick my nose or was going to pick my nose beforehand. But now it is on my mind to make sure that I don't because I'm a guy.
0: You know, I so appreciate you. You're having a rough day and you're still got your sense of humor and you're just showing up powerful, Tim, humble and beautiful. And I just so freaking appreciate you.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. That's very kind. Uh, uh, Humor is one of my coping mechanisms. Uh, my wife and I have a, a mantra, which is, you know, someday we're going to look back on this and laugh. So why wait?
0: <laughs> I like that. It's
1: very and, uh, yeah. I, I find that it's a good diffuser, you know, of, of tension, you know, um, nervous laughter. That's, I think, I think I might be wrong, but I think that is one of the functions of nervous laughter is it's, it's meant to relieve, to release tension built up inside. So I found that it's helped. It's been a good survival skill. So there may be more jokes before the day is done. Let's just say, um, but I want to, I want to bring this back around to why this is, uh, helpful today. So, uh, it's, there's, there's great learning, like there's great nuggets in today for entrepreneurs. And one of them is surfing the wave of uncertainty. I had a tennis lesson this morning, sounds so elitist. Um, And my instructor asked me, he's like, well, what's your day like? And I was like, no two days are alike, buddy, because I'm an entrepreneur and I like it that way. And I got ADD to go with it. So like, bring on the uncertainty. Um, And I'll use a surfing analogy, which is that there is a sweet spot for how big the wave is when you're surfing. If the waves are too small, it's really dull and you're bored. And if the waves are too big, it's just too dangerous and it's 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 just too intense. So too much of a good thing becomes a bad thing. Too little of a good thing is a bad thing. And so everything in moderation, including moderation. Uh, uncertainty, I find, goes the same way. And so I recognize in my own journey as an entrepreneur that I wrestle with this relationship with uncertainty and there are like, I want more of it, I want less of it. I want more of it, I want less of it, right? And uh, like, give me the cheat codes so that it'll be easy. No, 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 I don't want the cheat codes. No, 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 give me the cheat codes. I want it to be easy. No, then it's boring. Because if anybody like me has ever gotten the cheat codes before, there's like a moment of euphoria and then you're bored. And you're like, oh, there's no fun in this anymore. And, uh, and I think that that would be, that would be life without uncertainty. It would be like life with cheat codes. So uncertainty comes to us in our life and then the game is, okay, that wasn't planned. I didn't see that coming, whatever it was, right? And now what, what do I do? Because now there's a gap between what I thought was gonna happen and what's actually happening. Now, this is really a great conversation because it's all in the gap where you win or lose the game as an entrepreneur. Yes. Right? Because here's what happens in the gap. We make up interpretations and judgments about the gap. This shouldn't be, he shouldn't have, she shouldn't have, I should have, I shouldn't have. We start shooting all over the place. It's a should storm.
0: (laughs) Those voices in our heads, that's...
1: They uh, run amok. Right. Mm-hmm. And they just start, they they, they they and a narrative begins about the situation. So it's not the situation, it's a narrative in our head about the situation. But which one do we often fall prey to listening to? The narrative ones. about the situation, yeah. not the situation. Right. And so we, we're no longer in reality. We're in our head about reality. We lose our power, we lose our focus, we lose our creativity. So it's all about the gap. Because that gap can be small on Monday morning, and then big by Monday afternoon, and then you find yourself right on target with something on Tuesday. Hooray, great! And then Wednesday, you're in the gap, you know, between what you thought was going to go on Wednesday and what's got really going on. And then Thursday, you know, and that's up and down, up and down. That's the life of the entrepreneur. So what I've noticed for me is it's really about how am I in the gap when I a notice that I'm in the gap. So, okay, this isn't how I planned today, right? And then now what?
0: Can I just, this is why it's called the recovering entrepreneur because what you're tapping into is self-awareness, which is really important in my recovery. So I want to call that out because I there's so much correlation between recovery and the journey of entrepreneur. I, j, I just, you're validating the point in what you're saying. So I had to make note of that.
1: Yeah, no, it's great. Um, appreciate that. So, you know, us being aware of what's happening to us around us and and the feelings that are happening in our body, right? Like, oh, I'm really tense or oh, I'm really hot under the collar or, oh, I'm really nervous. I'm getting some feedback that I'm in the gap. And it's always, you know, I'm always in the gap. It's rare that things are going exactly the way I thought all the time. You know, it's just not like that. And thankfully, because I'd be bored. So... You know, okay, the gap. And now, for me, when uncertain, when the uncertainty wave is too big, I get scared. Now, I don't know how many guys like to talk about being scared because it's not a very masculine, manly thing to do. But I'll be the first one to tell you that the little boy who is trying to fool the world, that he's got his shit together, that's inside of me, freaks the... Out when the uncertainty waves get too big. Because I'm like, I I I can't keep up, it's gonna crash, and then sooner or later everybody's gonna figure out that I don't have my shit together and I've been faking this whole thing. That's what it's like in my head, and they call it imposter syndrome, right? And I didn't hear that word until about four or five years, four years ago, and I was like, that's what it's called. Oh, and I thought that was really interesting. Like like sooner or later, everyone's going to find out. And if you're in recovery, whoa, that's a real, real issue, right? Like sooner or later, if people, fa- if people found out, right? Because of cancel culture, if people knew the effed up stuff I did when I was younger, five years ago, two years ago, last week, you know, whatever that might be, they're going to turn their back on me. Right, So I gotta, I gotta have it all together. So when the uncertainty wave gets too big, I fear that everything's gonna fall apart. And so today, January 6th, as we're taping this, the uncertainty wave got really, really big at a very unusual way for me because I'm not usually tapped too much into politics. I try to stay at an arena. But candidly, I'll tell you, I started out, out of high school as a poli-sci major. So I do have some history with interest in it. And then I found that I was just bored and so I moved on, but there's something in it for me and the political arena. I think it's because it's a competition and there's a part of me that's very competitive. So, um, what happened today, it broke some agreements. And when you start to break agreements, it's like the unraveling can start to occur. You know, it's kind of like for me early on in recovery if I put together some time around abstinence and then I broke it. So let's say I got 30 days, right? And then that 30 days helped me get to 31 because I'd be like, oh, I don't want to mess up. I just got 30 days. But, you know, sometimes I would mess up and I'd go back to zero.
0: To find and the then, certainty because it's awkward and going back.
1: Yeah, yeah. I just kind of back to, you know, I know this. I know what works. You know, this, this, uh, this recovery is pure uncertainty so i'm certain that if i act out in this behavior i'll get this result in the short term especially when i'm stressed because i just want to relieve that stress so i'll do it and then oh crap i lost my my time so now i got nothing at stake so (laughs) fuck it you know now i'll just go off on a bender for like a week straight because i got nothing invested so once i pulled that thread you know it started, it, it would unroll. And, uh, and I felt like this it, from this distance shore. So everyone, I live in Southern California. So what happened in Washington DC D. today is very far from me. It's physically far. It's culturally far. Uh, I grew up on the East coast in new England. And when I moved across country, it's very different culture. And if you move 2,500 miles anywhere else on the planet, you're speaking a different language, trading a different currency. It's different culture uh, and it's very much like that here in the States. It's so the United States is this massive, fascinating experiment, like how it is still held together is still beyond me because of all the different regional subcultures and how, how we ever got along in the first place, just to break free. <laughs> Even that from a historical perspective was a bare minimum truce among the colonies to just split. So there's always been this tension, but it's worked. And despite the tension, and maybe some of the tension is what drove uh, the progress of us, um, that uh, that just took a hit today. And so I'm feeling uncertain about the future. And I'm feeling uncertain about the future because, like, I have an event coming up in two weeks. I think it's in two weeks. And it's like I, I've been putting, I've been working on it for months. I feel like it's totally tone deaf in one respect right now. Given that I think the inauguration is like the first day of my event. Oh. Now, when I planned this event months and months and months ago, the inauguration was not on my radar because, like I said, you know, it's like a distant thing. Not oh, why local. would it be?
0: It's it's normally uneventful.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know. But if it, but what happened today was so off the charts of predictable and disturbing that now fast forward now i'm projecting out to the 25th like what's going to happen on inauguration day and i'm having a really hard time staying present and i'm having a really hard time staying on point staying focused with what i need to do today because who is going to give a rats you know what uh, about my event when there's something much more globally, you know, impactful going on, and uh, and so I'm struggling. In this day, I'm really struggling with staying focused. Like, okay, Tim, what is the single useful thing you can do this afternoon? And as an entrepreneur, I don't have a boss yelling at me,
0: right?
1: You know, and so it's like, what is the single most, you know, thing? And so. noticed i it i've had a horribly you know unproductive day since that call since turning on the news and i remember there are days as an entrepreneur where i i have to recognize that i've been knocked out by the uncertainty like i live in southern california so we have uh brush fires really bad and we had, uh, in October of three years ago, we got evacuated. The fires came to about 100 yards from our house and uh, burned on three sides of my neighborhood. And we watched the neighborhood burn on TV from my in-law's house. And we couldn't tell if our neighborhood was, was on fire or just engulfed in smoke. It was traumatic. And uh, October of this year, we had fires again. And I was, complete, I was completely re-triggered, re-traumatized. And I got nothing done on that. And it was a Monday, just like the last ones. And I had to recognize that day, like, I ain't getting shit done today. Today is about survival. Today is about packing up. Do we have our passports in the fireproof safe? Big sigh. You know, what do we have to pack? We have to wait for the evacuations. What am I going to leave behind today? And that's a pretty intense thing to think about on, on a Monday. Like suddenly you've got an hour to leave behind everything that you're willing to let burn and that was pretty intense so that was like one of those days where that didn't go as planned and the uncertainty went through the roof and my productivity went through the floor and i had to just be okay with that because there was literally nothing i could do about the fire
0: well, and and again, I'm going to be reeling it back in powerlessness, faith, like all those things are what get us through your sense of humor and knowing, giving yourself the grace, Tim, you're doing two things here. You're actually kind of being a little bit of a hypocrite because you gave yourself some grace, but yet you're still showing up. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like mm-hmm. you, you've done both today and you're doing what you're comfortable with, which makes you not really a hypocrite. Because you're just following your gut. Yeah. But, but I think it makes a good, you were making a very valid point because we're going to experience this every, we're going to experience something. Like you said, as entrepreneurs, every single day is different.
1: All the time. Yeah. All the time. And what I mentioned before we went on air is I was supposed to do a live uh, interview today about our summit, which I did cancel because me and the host both were like, Ah, uh, this does not feel right. There is just no reason there. We we're not even because I told him let's go, let's just go live and we'll just process how to heal. And he found out about it later than I did. And so, like you know, twenty minutes before we go on air, he finally had caught up on all of it and watched the news. And he was in such a it was so intense that we were neither of it. We were like this this no not today. Well, Do you know? You know what?
0: you know, it's sad and I hate to admit this. I was in a group at three o'clock Eastern and, um, with a bunch of other entrepreneurs and one of the ladies lives 12 blocks from Capitol Hill Oh. and she put it in the chat protests at the Capitol. But after last year and all the insanity, honestly, I thought of it as just another day. Yeah. Cause, cause when I went on my road trip a few months ago, I drove through Virginia and same thing, people in that neck of the woods and the protests. And I was in Dallas on my road trip and like people were talking, I never visually saw it, even though I drove 8,500 miles, I never really saw it. So I've been disconnected. But then even like I said, her saying it felt more like the whole, let's not talk about politics because everything's been so challenging, but yeah. it almost felt like the norm yes which is even more scary and disturbing i think
1: yeah yeah that's fair and you know i knew that there was going to be a protest everybody knew it was it was planned the protest was planned for today i don't think anybody knew that it involved taking the Capitol. i think because a protest you think is an outdoor thing right and so like I knew people were going to be marching down whatever Pennsylvania Avenue or whatever it was like, yeah, cool. No problem. And then in my mind, they were going to get to a point where there would be the police barricades. Like there are, they'd be duking it out at the, you know, and there would be cameras right there. Like, right. Oh, let's, let's sensationalize this, but it wasn't ever going to like come to what happened actually today. And so that was for me, the part where I was like, wait, wait, whoa, wait a minute, this, we're in uncharted waters today. This is not, There's and you I think
0: saying, taking the capital made me think it was a movie, like just yeah, that sentence. It doesn't know. sound real.
1: No, it was very, it's a surreal, it was a surreal day. And it was, I think it was, I think people will have different experiences of today based on how they uh, experienced it themselves personally. Um, just like anything else, right? We, we, phenomenology like we are we experience the world through our own eyes our own belief systems our own filters our own interpretations our own judgments there will be people who loved today inevitably uh there will be people today who didn't really care one way or another there will be people who were mad as hell there'll be people who are upset there you know it'll be all over right because that's the nature of all things and i so i can only you know describe what happened for me and and then i thought well how is that useful How is today? So playing the role of uncertainty was the mob that broke through the barricades, yada, yada, yada. But something's going to happen tomorrow that's unplanned for me and my business, right? Could be like Monday when my employee said, oh, by the way, that that surgery I rescheduled, it's next week. And I realized I had to cover 17 groups next week while I'm promoting a live event two weeks after. That's a gigantic amount of time, right? It's going to be like 25 hours of my week. Just were erased in six seconds. And I was like, oh, uncertainty. (laughs) (laughs) That was Monday, right? So it was like the oh shit meter, pardon my French, went, you know, and then I kind of like figured it out, had to cancel some things, move some things. And then I was like, okay, well, 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 you know, you respond, you know, and then you move on. And I think that, um, what we get used to doing as entrepreneurs, the, the peril, the peril is getting habituated, like just used to reacting instead of creating and continuing to create despite the uncertainty. Like, yeah, look, the universe is an uncertain universe. So at a macro level, it's uncertain. At a micro level, it's uncertain. I can't guarantee I'm not going to get COVID. I haven't gotten it yet, and I haven't gotten the vaccine yet. I filled out my paperwork today because I'm a healthcare worker, but no guarantees, right? But I'm going to create this event, and I, you know, which we started planning in August, and And I'm going to put all the time into making sure that despite all the craziness that's happening in the world, I've organized my time and my space in such a way that I'm going to provide this value at this time. And I'm going to keep creating, right? And I'm going to get knocked and dinged and tripped and kicked along the way by life. And the temptation is to just get so busy reacting that I stop creating, now we take that all the way down to the micro level of the inbox. The inbox is a reaction machine. You're not creating anything when you are opening your inbox. You're just reacting. Right. And so the <laughs> entrepreneur my who's.
0: Away. That's why I ran away that? for Christmas to Aruba. I was so tired of being on everybody else's freaking schedule. Between the inbox, the schedule, the calls, the this, the that. It was like my phone would blow up. I'd be here for an hour and there's six messages. And it's like, I can't continue to take care of everybody else. And I remember, and I'm sorry, I totally waylaid you, but when I was at my corporate job, when I came back to the company, I shut off that little dinger that told you every time you got a new email. I didn't want the light, I didn't want the noise. Totally. If you want me to be a productive person, I can't be jumping through hoops for everybody else. Absolutely. And and it does come with the territory and I'm sorry, I got riled up about it, but it, it does feel sometimes like just we're being pulled and, and in a learning environment, especially, you know, we're, we're in learning groups, you know, we're in a learning group together. It's like, okay, well, they want us to do X, Y, Z. Well, that's not moving the needle on my business. That's not serving my clients. That's not growing me as an individual, you know, like it's not my terms. Mm -hmm. And I think that ties back, you know, my terms goes back to your uncertainty message today. Mm. Um, I'm sorry. I totally wailied you, but that's okay. That's a, that's a hot topic, that reacting stuff.
1: Totally. And I think that every entrepreneur struggles with it and, you know, your inbox is like, (laughs) (laughs) it is is just it is uh, i'll say for me for me sometimes i have to spend time in my inbox it's true it's not like i can ignore my inbox because there's a lot of critical communication going back and forth with only me it has to be me i can't delegate it and it's a it's a asynchronous conversation that has to be had in order to plan things that are gonna take place in the future. So there is that, there is that nature. But I don't need to be in my inbox 27 times in six hours. That's the problem. Because my attention is like a five-speed transmission. So our attention, like our productivity, we have gears of productivity. And I, I was at a all-day training in 2016 with a guy named Robert Cooper, who is a double neuroscience PhD expert on productivity. Ooh. So he looks through neuroscience through the lens of productivity. That's his thing. And I look at neuroscience through the lens of music and how it heals and how it, it, it treats stress, and uh, particularly as a function of cravings and relapse for people in recovery. So, so I have a shared affinity for trying to figure out the brain and how it works. Um, and so Robert was a Dr. Cooper was, uh, explaining to us how our attention works. And he's like, you, you move through these gears, just like if you're on a surface street in a trans with a, like an old school five speed transmission and you have to shift and you have to shift, and you have to shift, and you have to shift. And it takes all this time and space and movement and energy to get into fifth gear. And then you hit a red light. (laughs) Right? So you have to downshift or you just leave it in neutral like I would. uh, (laughs) Until you hit stop. And then you go and you have to shift and shift and shift and shift. And if you tried to go from one city to another by just taking surface streets... The reason it takes a long time is because all those interruptions slow your car down. The human brain works exactly the same way. So what he was explaining to us was that the average amount of time that it takes for us to get into our fifth gear of the human brain, 23 minutes. Wow. That's a long time.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: Now, he said the average amount of time, this was in 2016 and he was talking about corporate culture. So the average amount of time that an employee engages in a task before they're interrupted by their inbox.
0: It's like two minutes
1: probably. Two minutes, two minutes. So what happens is, is the employee spends all day in first gear, they're driving through their day. And if you've ever driven a car, my friends, and you remember what it was like to drive a standard, (laughs) <laughs> first gear sucks. First gear is like, you know, you're just on your way to second gear as soon as possible.
0: You're talking to an ex truck driver. So you're oh doing my God this analogy. And I'm doing it with 10 gears in my head and, and playing the red lights. And oh my God, brutal. But it's a great visual.
1: Brutal. Yes. So the inbox are the inbox is a red light. That's what the that's what your inbox is. So if you want to get anywhere in the day, What you have to do is get on the freeway and the freeway doesn't have any red lights. So what it means is you have to get out of your inbox for large chunks of time
0: and put your Uh, phone in another room and, and, and do all the things.
1: This is what it takes. So in my calendar, I have blocks, time blocks for what I call big rocks. So I write out three business rocks, big rocks a week, and then I have them in time in the calendar. And so I, I know every Monday afternoon, I'm working on Big Rock One. You can't get an appointment with me unless I decide it's super important and I'll make time for you you, and you can't schedule with me any other time. You might get super secret access to Monday afternoons, but 95% of the time, nobody gets access to me on a Monday afternoon because I am in my Big Rock, which is that first important key performance indicator of the week that's gonna move my business forward. I'm getting at it right away. I have meetings all Monday morning, so Monday mornings are like planning, and then Monday afternoon we begin implementation. I, however, need to stay out of my inbox during that time block. Because even though everyone can't get me on Zoom and can't get me on my phone, guess where they can still get me? My inbox. So it's up to me to not look at that inbox during that block. And I will tell you, I struggle with that regularly. So there's this game where for each one of us, like, how do I wrestle back my attention? Because when I'm creating, I have the illusion of control. I'm losing. When I'm the illusion of control, when I'm creating, I have the illusion of control. When I'm reacting, I have very much a loss of control, loss of power. So like today, I was very much at a loss of power, loss of control, because I was reacting to the external world around me, right? If I had been like super, you know, put the blinders on, uh, I could have come into my studio and gotten some really productive work done. And I remember there were two points during the day where I was really trying to psych myself up. Like, come on, dude, this is your job. You gotta be able to focus. And then I recognized that, you know, the surf's just too big today and that's okay. There's gonna be days where the surf's too big. The surf of uncertainty is just too big today and I'm going to get wrecked. And I, as someone who tried to learn how to surf, I grew up in Connecticut and moved to California and as a grown-up, and had never surfed and had never skateboarded. So I was not ready. I would, I wrecked all the time in the waves and I would go out there and there'd be big waves and I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Wreck. And then I, <laughs> I just learned after a while when the waves are up that I need to just stay out of the water that day. That's really what I need to do. And so I think going for it, practicing these very simple things like rigorous discipline with your inbox, all the while giving yourself the grace that there are going to be days where the waves are just too big and you're just going to have to just chalk that one up. But the good news is that no matter how, pardon my French, but no matter how shitty today was, Tomorrow is a fresh, fresh start. And no matter how bad the traffic was on one day, you don't know what the traffic's going to be like the next. Yeah, no you, know, you? You, you have no <laughs> idea, right? You have no idea. And you don't know what the weather's going to be like the next day. You think you do, but you don't. It's, you know, you're, you're, you're hoping. And with surfing, like no matter what the waves were like today, tomorrow's a new day. They could be up, they could be down, could be big, could be not. Um, so I get a fresh start tomorrow. And so I try to give myself permission. Like if there's a day where I'm just like today, like boom, just knocked out, give myself permission to kind of coast through the rest of the day and then know that tomorrow morning, my alarm is going to go off at 5 a.m. And I promise you, Bobby, no matter what happened today, I promise you that tomorrow morning, I will get my ass out of bed at 5 a.m. and I will begin my morning routine fresh because that's my job. My job is to move my body in such a way that produces a result of why I'm here on the planet. Why am I here? What am I here to do? What's the purpose that I've invented for myself? What am I here to experience? What am I here to create? And there's only one person that's in charge of that, and it's me, it's no one else's responsibility. And and that's mine. And so tomorrow morning, I will get back to it until the next uncertainty wave hits. And then I'll respond and I'll either be like, no, screw you, I'm getting back, or oh, this is a bit too much, even for me. And let's all just agree that 2020 had a lot of big waves. There are a lot of waves. In one year, holy crap. My wa- there was a lot of waves in one year. It was a little tiring. It's like, whew, that was big. 2020 was just big. So I think there's a little fatigue, you know, with uh with that as well. Like, oh my God, I've been just like my nervous system has been worked, you know? And that's why it's so important for me to take care of myself so that I can be more stress resilient because your immune system and your stress response are both conditionable, just like your endurance and your strength. So you can strengthen and condition your immune system and you can strengthen and condition your stress response system. So there are daily practices that you, me, anybody can do to really strengthen our ability to respond and not react when the waves get big. And that's really an important piece of my own recovery journey is that there's these three things that have to happen along the way. And these are like the three themes of our summit. So one, whatever past trauma, whether it was acute or chronic, uh, I got to heal that for myself. However it happened, it happened, but there's only one person who can heal it. And it's that person's responsibility. And oh, that's me. So like a third of our speakers, we have 28 speakers over five days and a third of our speakers are speaking on how to heal trauma. So really thinking about completing the past, let's put the past in the past where it belongs. Can I ask you something? And then, yeah, yeah.
0: I I totally am so grateful that you're talking about the summit and I'm so intrigued. And I'm, you're again, going back to Tim, the humble, you know, you don't, the last show we did together I wanted you to brag and you didn't brag and, and I want you to brag about the summit because you have so much to offer the world and I mm. want to share you you know what I mean like I'm honored to know you and it's it's just important to me but as you're talking about this trauma stuff I'm gonna kind of derail us a little but what I'm learning is there's conscious and subconscious trauma right so mm. I guess my question is at the summit are these experts going to be able to speak to because what I'm finding is, my healing comes from having gratitude now for the trauma. But first I hmm. had to know that it was there hmm. and that it served a purpose and then express gratitude and know that it's positioned me to be where I am today. Nice. Wherever that's supposed to be. But in the conversations with this perspective, and, and of course I get to interview a lot of experts, right? There's people that don't even know that trauma is what's causing their addictions, like oh, that's, totally. my, that's the, what I believe in is that you have to heal in order, like, or you're gonna just keep relapsing. Essentially, totally, hundred um, percent. So, is is there gonna be some exploration of that? I guess at your summit. I mean, well, maybe the good news a lot is, y-
1: yeah. Let me tell you a little bit about how I thought about approaching trauma. Is that I am uh, ha- having read enough research, and uh, I am of the opinion that trauma is the root of addiction. Um, that seems to be the latest, you know, some of the latest thought. I didn't
0: come up with it.
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry about that. Um, but you know, trauma being the root of all addiction. So, okay. But trauma, Ugh, who wants to deal with that? So what I thought about was how can I bring in a real diversity of practices approaches protocols that treat trauma in various different ways so that the audience member goes can i use the f word on here
0: yeah absolutely okay, you already cool. have a couple times Oh,
1: <laughs> so the audience member listens to one person on monday and goes fuck that but then on tuesday it's like dang i didn't know i could do that to treat my trauma i'll i i would do that and then wednesday like No, that's fucking batshit crazy. And then Thursday, like that makes total sense to me. And so there's like eight, I think, eight, nine, ten, off the top of my head, different speakers talking on trauma in very different ways, including uh, a treatment center called the Stella Center that uses a... I can't even describe it. It's, It's so groundbreaking. It's a single, oftentimes a single injection called a stell I oh, I'm going to get it wrong. I shouldn't even try to to um describe it. A ganglion block, which is an injection into basically your brain stem that treats PTSD. Wow. And they discovered it uh after w- either World War 1 or World War 2 uh when they were treating like uh tremors and shell shock and then they noticed that it had this long-term lasting effect on PTSD as well. And so, uh, it's, I've, I've been in this field for many years. I've never heard of it before, like three months ago. And I started doing it. SGB is the, uh, short, um, the, like the acronym for the treatment procedure. So just for example, like the, the Stella center, which is this, uh, treatment center that provides this their chief psychology officer is going to be one of our um speakers and she's going to be talking about the this treatment and i'm like trying to pull it up really quickly and it's not really pulling up really quickly so i'm like ah i wanted to sound smarter than i am but it's cool so the the idea is that
0: the ganglia part i get because i've listened to dr amen enough to know that that's part of the brain and i I can follow that part
1: so yep yep so um if you you look up if you look up stellacenter.com that's uh um that is the uh facility that will be will be speaking on this uh, sgb and their website looks a little different to me right now as i'm pulling it up than it did the last time so i'm wondering what happened but uh it's all good so that's the, that's the idea, is that you will get lots of different approaches to looking at healing trauma that so that hopefully you see one that resonates with you, and there's that moment of buy-in where you're like, I can see myself doing that. And I think that's really important, right? And I, I am a many paths guy. So if smart recovery is your thing, great. If celebrate recovery is your thing, great. If refuge recovery is your thing, great. If 12-step is your thing, great. I don't have an opinion. If it's the thing that gets you to turn the corner that you've been wanting to turn, great. So I try to bring this kind of buffet approach to the, um, to the summit. So healing the past, step one. Two, then creating a future that's free from the past. Like really free though. Not a reaction to or a response to, but really free. Like if you had nothing to prove, nowhere to get nothing to atone for nothing to overcome that's creating because everything else is just response to the past so then what oh i don't even know well now you create a purpose for your life that actually compels you you're you're enrolled in your own future now the future you're living into is pulling you into existence rather than you like pushing yourself along That's a completely different way to think about the future. Entrepreneurs love this because most of us live up in our head in the future. We see things that do not exist, and then we want to make them real. We want to solve problems. We know that if someone comes to work for us, that future version of that person will be new and improved because of the work they would do with us in the in-between. So we're all enrolled in the process of trying to find them, meet them where they are, and really ethically convince them to do business with us because we know what's in store for them. That's really compelling to us. Like we're enrolled in our own future. We're enrolled in the vision of our company, right? So as a person in recovery, how do I enroll myself in a future that isn't looking in the rear view mirror? Mm. Does that make sense?
0: It totally does. And I was doing this miracle 30 day miracle challenge. And one of the lessons that we were taught, um, Every day was to give ourselves a clean slate, kind of like what you were talking about. Nice. And it was three pillars and it was gratitude. So taking note of what happened the day before and writing it down and what you're grateful for insights. What did you notice? And this is James McNeil's work. So I'm not feeling. And by the way, people, as we talk about summits, I found James McNeil at a summit and it's a good idea to participate at summits so that you can learn things. But the last was forgiveness. And, um, and that's about looking in the rear view. Right. And I, and this morning I literally did my G I did my I and I was like, I don't got nobody to forgive for yesterday. So it was like full steam ahead, you know, like we did the big work to forgive the first 45 years of my life. But now to get that clean slate every day, you can't hang on to that past. You have to let it go. And, And it's not about the other person, just to be clear, everybody out there, it's about giving yourself that freedom to move forward in your future. Well said. Fucking love how aligned I am with you. Like even your (laughs) buffet. That's what I do on three, two, one. I don't, I don't care if you do 12 step or whatever. Like it's, it is about what is the right thing for each person. We're all totally. So our recovery is going to be different. Our future is going to be different. I love it. Okay. The third pillar. I'm so excited.
1: So, uh, once we've created a future that's compelling, what are the daily rhythms, uh, that will produce that future result? Um, so people in addiction, there was a there was a rhythm to their addiction. There was a rhythm to my day, meaning a a rhythm is just a repeated pattern. Uh, it's also used in a musical context, but it's also used in a non-musical context. For example, Right, my heartbeat is a, is rhythmic, and if I suffer from cardiac arrhythmia, it means that you know I have a heart murmur, and they put a box inside of my chest to shock me so that I have that rhythm because the rhythm is really important. So there are patterns, cycles, rhythms to our day, and to our week, but really our day, it's hygiene, but it's like not just physical hygiene; it's emotional hygiene it's social hygiene, it's spiritual hygiene. How am I cleaning the system from whatever muck got on me the day before? How am I keeping the system clean and running powerfully and smoothly so that like the structural integrity of it is sound? So driving a truck, you would never drive a truck on a flat tire the structural integrity of the machine is compromised by that flat tire. That flat tire is right now putting you at peril. And you can't get very far in a flat tire. It's kind of a pain in the ass to anyone who's ever tried to drive on one. So keeping our physical, our mental, our emotional, and our spiritual tires full of air. What are those daily practices? So what are the best practices that are evidence-based, they're well-researched, you need to hear it over and over and over again because the human being is often dumb and stubborn. So you really need to hear the twenty seventh person say, <laughs> "Have a gratitude journal," because finally, it just you, you just it's like people, you know, when you study anatomy and physiology and you study biology and you, and you're in this, you're a guy, and they tell you that, you know, there's this famous. Uh, Thing that everybody gets wrong about biology. So, uh, and it's okay. I'm going to pick on you really quickly. But how many sperm does it take to impregnate an egg? One. No, it takes 10,000 because the egg cell wall is so thick that it takes 10,000 sperm to actually eat the cell wall before one sperm gets through.
0: They definitely don't tell you that. They make it all about the one little swimmer.
1: One swimmer. Your fastest swimmer died. He took the first bite.
0: Wow. That's perspective.
1: First to market. Sometimes it's great. Not (laughs) if you're sperm. (laughs) Just saying. Context. Very important.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: So the, the, the reason I tell you that funny story is that for each of us, best practices, sometimes we literally have to hear 10,000 people tell us the same thing. And it's the 10,000th person who said it, and they said it very similarly to the 30th person, but for some reason we weren't ready at number 30 to hear it. It was said, but we weren't ready to hear it. And this could be a business practice, this could be a spiritual practice, this could be a physical practice, right? How long did it take? How long? How long did I know that flossing was good for my teeth? I knew that since I was a kid. How long did it take before I flossed daily? It took me years and years and years. And it wasn't until I was in a recovery meeting when someone said, when was the last time anybody in this room went to the dentist? And everybody in the room was like, uh. Yeah. no one was no one was taking care of them their teeth
0: well, as gamblers, we never had money to go to the dentist, only to feed slot machines. like we had those those conversations in our group too, yeah, can yeah I, you made can I share a cute little story with you? yes and it's on this topic, and again, it's stolen. There's this guy, Guy Waltman, who is just a beautiful soul. he's very into wellness and nutrition, and he would go to a local shelter where people without homes stayed and he would do an exercise class once a week. And if you had attendance, you got like, almost like a punch card thing. But if you showed up for this exercise class, you got a gift card to go to the supermarket to buy good food and stuff. And at the end of every exercise class, he taught a lesson and he, he welcomed you know, anybody who wanted to come. So when ID asks us, he says, well, what would you rather to lose your teeth or your memory or your mind. And of course everybody's like, well, I'd rather lose my teeth than my mind. And he goes, Well, why do you brush your teeth three times a day? But what are you doing for your mind? So the taking care of it piece, right? You can borrow that. It's pretty good, right?
1: That's really good.
0: So, and that stuck with me. I mean, that one little story, and I share it every every chance I can because it's really simple. Like, why aren't we, what are we doing for brain health? We don't even think about it. That's why I love Dr. Eamon. He's like my hero. Absolutely. Um, Once you learn that we have to be brain warriors and no different, same thing with the spiritual stuff. Like for me, my recovery is sustainable because I have the spiritual piece. I didn't have it the first two years in GA. I never figured it out. I was resisting it. I mean, that was my personal path. Um, I'd be like the G word. I still don't really say the G word. Um, but, you know, back to the individuality of recovery, but you're absolutely yeah. right, Tim. Like you, you got to keep it full. And, and it starts with recognizing the four tires you need to keep
1: full. Yes. I mean, yes. So recognizing you're this four part person and that you've got these three dimensions, your past, your present and your future. And once you, when you cross those two and you crash those two together, that's when you really start to get some power. That's like, you know, putting STP in the gas tank, you know, like now, okay, now giddy up. Now we can really start to experience. So for me, just the the reality of the, the bottom line for me is that my belief is that I am here in physical form to experience the shit out of this place. That's why I came. Yep. Right. And so if I'm here, like. Why drive a beat up like Yugo that's running like crap and can only go in first gear? Like what, how, what's my experience of this amazing bountiful planet? What's it gonna be like? Or what would it be like if I was driving a brand new Tesla that I kept clean and the air is in the tires? Like what's my experience gonna be like in that machine? Oh, it's going to be a very different experience. Same place, very different experience. And I'm going to drive that Tesla on the freeway. I'm going to figure out how to get on the freeway, right? Versus driving that Yugo, if anybody even remembers the Yugo. Um, Let's just, maybe we'll say a Ford Fiesta. Oh, Um, (laughs) you know, would you rather drive a new Tesla on the freeway or a 1984 Ford Fiesta standard on surface streets and go coast to coast your choice. You've been given the gift of the planet and your vehicle is your body. And so, you know, when you kind of put these pieces together, you can optimize your experience despite what's going on. And some days that road is, you know, the weather sucks. Some days the traffic sucks. Mm -hmm. Right. But I'm still, if I'm in a Tesla, I'd rather take the weather and the traffic in a Tesla than in that Yugo or that Fiesta any day of the week. So when you build your spiritual and your mental hygiene, your conditioning, like you do your body, you do better. I mean, a healthy body is sick less than an unhealthy body, right? You have less problems uh, in, in life. And so thinking the same way about my, my mental hygiene, my spiritual hygiene, my social hygiene, like I'm, I'm, I got my eye on that ball every day, every day. So at 5 a.m. tomorrow morning, first thing I'll be doing despite the events of today is I will roll out of bed, I'll go to the bathroom, I'll drink a full glass of water to hydrate my body, and then I will lie on a PEMF mat for eight minutes, which is short for pulsed electromagnetic frequency. And I will charge the cells of my body because your body is electric and your cells have voltage. And if you do not get enough pulsed electromagnetic frequency, which we used to get from the earth, but the earth is producing far less of it now and we live on concrete, so we're blocked from it, our cell voltage drops. And when your cell voltage drops to a certain voltage, your cells become cancerous. At a certain voltage, they mutate. At full voltage, they're healthy as fuck. When that voltage, when that battery gets lower and lower, there's a certain voltage where cells mutate. And so it's really smart to know that your cells mutate into cancer cells at a certain voltage so that you can keep your batteries full. So every morning, the first thing I do is, is this mat. Then I stretch my body, then I go downstairs, I make bulletproof coffee, I go outside in my yard barefoot, stand in the grass barefoot, connect to the earth, get more pulsed electromagnetic frequency from the earth, and I literally look up at the stars or the sun, depending on whether it's a weekday or weekend. Um, Not the sun, sunrise. And then I hug my jacaranda tree for 30 seconds every morning. I am a tree hugger, Bobby. And what am I doing? I am connecting my physical body, my energetic body to the planet, which is this giant storehouse of energy. So I'm just plugging in. Like my electric car in the driveway, I plug in every morning and that's one of the three to four hours worth of things I do every single morning before I give my time and my attention to anybody else. So we're going to cover a bunch of different best practices for how to optimize your physical, your mental, your social, your spiritual hygiene. And that's phase three of the summit.
0: So someone can literally like, you're making me want to cancel everything on my calendar. (laughs) Um, it's going to be hard to, it's going to be hard to not do that. Well, the
1: good news, the good news is the summit is, uh, it's only two hours a day. It's from 10 to 12 Pacific time. And, uh, the speakers are giving 15 minute Ted style talks. So, because I understand that everybody's busy and then, and it's free, but we are, uh, there's a VIP upgrade where you can, for 67 bucks, you can own all the talks forever, as well as tons of programs that the speakers have donated. There's like a summit vault, we call it. And there's 28 talks. Plus I can't even count how many different bonuses.
0: I mean, we got to get that link on all my stuff. We got So it. It's
1: just, it's super easy. It's stress elimination summit.com and the $67 thing. It's like when you register, you'll get an offer. It'll say, hey, do you want to take advantage of the VIP program? If you take advantage of it in the first 15 minutes, like right now, it's 67 bucks. If you say, no, I'll get it later, it goes up to 97 So save yourself the money because then you don't have to worry about being on for all 28 speakers. You don't have to worry about moving your schedule around. You can plug in live when you want to plug in live. You can watch replays when you want to watch the replays and it takes the pressure off. It's like money well spent.
0: Or you could steal Tim's guests for your podcasts. (laughs) always an option.
1: (laughs) That's right. I have no exclusivity deals with any of them, so they may speak here too.
0: Yeah, no, that sounds fabulous. And, um, when we hang up from recording in front of the real world, we'll talk about how we can strategize our live that week. Um, Cause this will release on the Monday, the whatever Monday that is
1: right. The week and before
0: you and I hopefully will get a chance to connect and do a live later in the week. And cool. up if you can make time for us with everything that's going on, it sounds brilliant. It's so freaking needed. Like, and I love, You have the science, too, you know, and and a skill set that it's a really unique combination, I think, Mm. to have the recovery, the eloquence, the delivery, you know how to do all that, um, as well as, you know, the science and the recovery. It just it just very well. And um, it serves me every time I talk to you. So I know it's serving my audience. And I know that if you have anything to do with this summit, it's going to just be freaking amazing
1: yeah thank you i appreciate that i'm really excited about it getting to be the MC, you know it's my party you know every guest is handpicked uh and i've thought long and hard you know about this event and how to add as much value to people in their recovery journey as possible to become stress resilient so that when stress strikes you reach for healthy things and not unhealthy things because stress strikes i mean that's what today was was a great example of it you know um so what are you going to do when it happens how are you going to care for yourself uh if 2021 is you know remotely similar to 2020 we're all going to continue to be experiencing high levels of stress um, I think it's pretty predictable, right? So, and stress triggers cravings. So let's not pretend, you know, Oh, I didn't see that coming. No, that's really an important piece of it. So when I get stressed, what are the three to five things I know I could do right away? Cause sometimes I can do some, sometimes I'm not in the mood to do others, but again, I want to have a buffet of choice so that I can turn that stress off fast and get back to creating. Because if you're listening to my voice right now, I know that's what you're out to do in the world. If you're an entrepreneur, you want to create. You're not content with just reacting your way through life.
0: Wow. So one more question, selfishly. I'm kind of selfish, but that's okay. It's in my program. Um, (laughs) Will there be, so you're going to have 28 speakers. They're only going to have 15 minutes. People can follow up, like, to your point, if they go off the buffet and they like this guy and that girl and and whatever, they'll be they'll be able to connect with them beyond. Oh that. yeah,
1: yep. Every every speaker will be giving people like how to reach them, how to connect with them. Um, I think almost all of them are going to have free gifts as well, so it'll be really easy to stay connected. And then we'll also the VIP uh, people get access to the actual Zoom webinar and get to ask questions. The free group, it'll be, uh, hosted on, uh, Facebook and, but they won't get to ask any questions, but the VIPers will be in zoom in the webinar and they're the ones who can raise their hand and each, um, each of the speakers will be taking questions at the end of their talks. So that's a cool way to be able to connect with them as well.
0: That's awesome. Is there anything that we didn't cut? Oh my God, I could talk to you for freaking hours. Uh-huh. Um, like, I I have to ask you this. I didn't realize you were from Connecticut and maybe it's inappropriate to ask while you're on the air, but what, what part, and what do you call this thing that is bread and it has lunch meat and, and (laughs) cheese and lettuce and tomato, maybe what do you Oh my God.
1: You're so funny. Uh, so I grew up in a little tiny town called Redding, Connecticut. That was, there were 7,000 people. Uh, it's in the, just in the woods, it's in Southwestern Connecticut, but it's not, you know, it's not a, it, well, not much of Connecticut is a thriving metropolis, but you know, like 90 minutes to the city. And when I say the city, that's when, you know, I'm from Connecticut. Cause there's only one city and it's New York city people. <laughs> so, uh, 90 minutes to the city. And, uh, that's my family's from my family's in Brooklyn. All my siblings are born in Brooklyn. I was born in New Rochelle and then we moved, you know, out into the country. Um, we don't call it a hoagie. It's a sub. You know, uh, so if you're going to get a sub, you're going to go for subs, you know, that's what I would call that thing you were talking about. On. See,
0: I call it a grinder.
1: That's- a grinder. Oh, it's only a grinder for me if it's meatball.
0: Oh, okay. Sorry.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know people call them Italian grinders, but like for me, the only grinder that ever existed was a, was a meatball grinder. So that okay. was a st- strict interpretation of the rules. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Okay.
1: There's no steak and cheese grinder. Cool. It's a steak and cheese sandwich. Even though the sandwich is a sub. So it's very it's a, it's all it's all a hot mess really.
0: Yeah.
1: That's very funny though.
0: Yeah, it's one of my grinders. So awesome. Well, thank you so much. I know it was a tough day. It's so good to leave this call with you smiling.
1: Yeah, thank you. No, I'm glad we did this because it's been a nice vacation for me to kind of pivot and and always like just to say this always. How do you integrate what's happening around you into who you want to be in the world, right? So like, this was a good um, opportunity um, for me to be able to do that, and that was what I was willing to do with my buddy on on the call as well. Was like, let's process this. Short story, I had a daughter who lived and died in 2009 and 10 and and she went through a bone marrow transplant and I was the caregiver and she was in the ICU for 99 days before she passed away. And I would blog about her every night before I went to bed and I would not finish writing until I was in a state of gratitude. And so I would process the day and work the day out in my head every night on the blog you know, in public, if you will. Uh, And I wouldn't finish the blog post until I had worked the day out in such a way that I could go to bed in a place of gratitude because I knew the next morning I had to get up and do it all over again. So I couldn't take, I couldn't, I couldn't handle having any of yesterday's resentment coming into today because today was going to be full of it. So I would just have to be able to turn it around and then turn it over, turn it around, turn it over, turn turn it around, turn it over. And that practice It's great practice. And and sometimes in life, when we go through adversity, it really, it's like strength training. It just gives us lots of opportunities to get strong fast. And so I think that's a, it's a, I learned that lesson. You know, that was one of the great gifts of my daughter's journey was I was like, oh, I can get really fit when things are really rough. And so anytime things, the rougher things are, the fitter I get.
0: You know, that's, it's wild because I realized this, in hindsight I started in the middle of March recording two podcasts a day. Oh wow. During COVID to serve my audience. Now granted I didn't edit them full disclosure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that would make that's More all time I for that. But my commitment was as long as I was working from home I would record the two episodes a day. So I'd do a daily reading and then at night I would download the day. To your point it wasn't blogging but it was my release every day. And it was, I was talking about COVID and life and trying to release the stress and a lot of the things that you're saying. So again, there's another, it kind of shows the, the theme is the same. Like we need to get out of our system, Yes. whether it's in a creative fashion and you've used yep. the word creative over and over again tonight, but it proves the point, right? Like you and I are sitting here in good places, experiencing the planet people don't understand like why I'm happy or
1: like I didn't wake up this way.
0: Well, right. Or it takes hours (laughs) or the whole, like in my old job, we used to say live in the dream, but it was kind of like sarcasm, like, you know, we're here. And I say it nowadays and people are like, well, yeah, you kind of are like, and it's like, well, totally. It's because I'm not hanging on to that past, and yes. and again, it, you're you're giving them that gift in this summit to learn what you and I have learned through our own journeys. That's, That's not Getting me so jacked up about it. What a That's gift. It.
1: Shed that stuff, you know, and so you can create something fresh for yourself that you're just turned on by, like woohoo, let's go, giddy up, and then like, all right, what are my daily practices that make that happen? Oh, okay, I got them in check. Okay. And that's how shit happens, folks. It's, you know, it's not, there's no hidden secret, like nobody's hiding the playbook. It's, it's out there. It's just for you to like finally get for yourself. Okay, I gotta complete my past. I gotta enroll myself in a future that's free from that past. And then I gotta do, I gotta do the things on a daily basis. That's why it's called hygiene. You know, we need to do it daily and there is no substitute for that. You just, I mean, there's just no, I mean, my teeth, stopped aching when I figured out that I needed to brush them twice, I needed to floss them once, and I needed to use mouthwash once a day. And once I figured that out for me, I haven't had a problem with my teeth since. And so, like, whatever it is, you got to figure out what's that rhythm for you. Once you find that rhythm, and you do it on a daily basis, you realize what a gift it is to yourself. That's how you make all that shit you see in the future come true. And so, yeah, I'm totally living the dream. I, I, was on the pickleball court. This is my new love, pickleball. Yesterday afternoon, and one of my buddies, I ran into him, and he was like, "How was your day?" And I was like, "Dude, it was great." Look, I'm here on a pickleball court at five o'clock in the afternoon. Life is good. There's a hundred places I used to be. None of them were on a court with buddies having a great time, expressing my, you know, physical, you know, flexibility and strength and speed and all that stuff that I enjoy about sports. Like, wasn't doing any of that. So now that that's a part of my life, I created that. I didn't react to that. I created that. And so, complete your past, create your future, and then conduct your present. It's all. It's all there. And uh, and we'll give you all the tools. And then it's your job to giddy up, and get it going. And you're not meant to do it alone. This is the last thing I want to say. Oh yeah. You are not designed to do this thing alone. So don't try. Uh, you will fail. And you'll feel really bad about yourself. And that's why New Year's resolutions don't work. So you're not designed to do it alone. Humans, uh, being human is a shared experience. is what my sponsor says. And I love that. So that's one of the beautiful things about the summit is you're going to have a community. So our Facebook group is like totally robust. I think we had like 350 members in our first summit uh, who, you know, just support each other and accountable to each other. That's where you find that is... What you need is accountability and community once you've gotten the technique. And so we're going to give you the technique. We're going to give you the accountability. We're going to give you the community. It's all going to be there. By the end of the summit, you're going to see it laid out in front of you. There's going to be a very clear path. This is my promise. You will see a very clear path to having what you really want for yourself in 2021, despite the shit storm going on around you. That's my promise.
0: Thank you, Tim.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh my God. My pleasure. Always.